You're listening to Sci-Fi Radio Theater, the internet's premier source for original science fiction, horror, and fantasy radio dramas. Before we begin tonight's story, we would like to deliver you this word from one of our sponsors. Hey kids, you may have heard all those scary messages about the ice caps melting, and heck, those rising water levels may have left you downright depressed. But we're here to tell you not to worry, because Uncle Tony's gonna brighten up your day with ice cream. Through the power of science, it's been discovered that the best ice cream is made from the crystal pure water that comes from melting glaciers. So go to your local grocer and pick up a box of Uncle Tony's glacial ice cream and enjoy your new tropical home today. It's called making lemonade out of lemons, kids. And now it's time for Hyper Nocturnal, an eight-part science fiction horror story. This week's episode, episode four, The Rhythm of Fear. In last week's episode, Dr. Edmund Datros was awoken by the recently deceased crew of the Macedonia. While being chased through the ship, Daytrus witnessed many horrors, including the sight of Monroe striking down Humbaba. In the end, Monroe was able to claim control of the ship, resulting in the ghosts of the Macedonia plummeting from the ship down to the central verse below. This week's episode starts on the landscape of the central verse. Skydiving was bad when I was alive. Wolfgang, you all right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I'm okay. Jesus. Bosca, Bosca. Don't worry, you're fine. Apparently so. He took over the ship? Monroe managed to take over the ship? I know. So we lost then. We are screwed. He, he's going to take the ship and do... Whatever it is he's going to do. Damn it! Well, look. The ship is still up there. He hasn't taken off yet. Maybe we can still stop him before the ship leaves. You're right. Come on. We can climb up one of these tendrils again and get on the ship. Right. What is it? It looks like a body wrapped up in a blanket. It dropped out of the sky. A knife dropped with it. Is it another demon? I don't think so. It's not moving. I think it's just a dead body. It's missing a foot. It must have fallen out of the ship when the hole in the floor appeared. Can you hear me? It's Detras, of course. We were communicating with him through the bodies on the bridge. Correct. I cut the foot off the body and threw it down the hole so that you could hear me after you fell. Detras, don't worry. We are about to climb up to you again. Just hold on. You are too late. I just felt the ship's engine engaged. What? He's right. The ship's gone. It was just here. Now it's gone. They must have just taken off. Damn it! Detras, what's happening on the ship? More entities. Monsters, if I had to put a name on what they looked like, started crawling in through the hole that opened up on the bridge. I ran. Likely those 30 legions he kept talking about. He must be at full power and manifestation now. I am now hiding in one of the cargo holds. 
I'm not sure how long I will be safe here, but for the moment they seem to be paying more attention to other parts of the ship. I have also disabled the microphones and speakers within the room so that the computer cannot listen in. Again, I'm not sure how long before it notices. Do you know where he's taking the ship? I am now trying to access that information from one of the consoles in the cargo hold. However, the ship's computer is not making it easy. I'm attempting to access the information through secondary systems. I'm hoping that will prevent the main AI from noticing what I'm doing. There must be a way for us to make it back up to the ship. Matty, do you know if there are any other caves or, or something we can use? Like we did last time. I don't know. I'm really just as clueless as you are at this point. God, we're all just idiots here. Detrust, you're all smart and stuff. Do you understand what's going on? I can only speculate at this point. However, I have been pondering several theories since we spoke on the bridge. I heard the two demons, as you call them, mention something about verses. Yes! Everyone is constantly talking about that here. I think it's what they call the different territories or, or worlds that they control or exist in. I would take that thought even further. How familiar are you with the theories on the creation of the universe? You mean the Big Bang? I mean, I, I know a little. All existence, time, space, matter, exploded from a single singular point, and that created the universe. Correct. Except the last word in your statement should be plural. Damn it, Datros! I've only known you for two seconds and you're already starting to piss me off with your language, gobbledygook. Get to the point! The person who is dead and therefore has a seemingly endless amount of time on your hands, you are certainly impatient. But I will get to the point. Yes, you are correct. The current accepted theory is that all existence including time and space came into existence from a singular point exploding outwards. However, the question remains as to how many existences came into being. Multiple universes! Precisely. For a long time there have been theories circulating among the astrophysics community that existence as we know it may only be getting viewed from a limited standpoint. Multiple universes, or dimensions, have thought to exist. It is also thought that the universe we know may have bubbled into existence from a random mixing of a multitude of these other universes. I believe that these verses that the demons are referring to are a confirmation of the existence of multiple universes. Scientists have been seeking this kind of breakthrough for centuries. Of course! That would explain the different types of demons we are seeing all mixed together. Each religion must have been making reference to a different set of demons and deities that existed throughout the various verses. And our experience in the cave... It must have been us traveling through the different dimensions. There must be certain entrance points or doors that lead from one verse to another. But how are we here, though? We died. How does dying allow you to exist throughout these multiple dimensions? It is a commonly stated fact that energy can be neither created or destroyed. Perhaps when your physical life ceases to exist... The energy within your body is released into a state that is more accepting of a true state of existence. I would theorize that the spirits and the entrances to the multiple universes are and always have been around us when we are alive. We just don't perceive them. Based on what we have seen, I would also theorize that corporeal living life as we know it is a rare phenomenon. Life and existence in our universe may be the effect of an extreme coming together of energy and matter. This coming together would then create physical entities with softer energy-based cores. These physical entities would also be unaware of anything outside of a tangible world they perceive. That would explain why it requires so much effort for us to affect things that make changes in the physical living world. So why are you able to see everything now, Datros? You're still alive. 
I believe that it is an effect of a hyper-nocturnal drive. The song that was played to it is causing the physical world to collapse into the other dimensions. All of the dimensions are becoming merged on the ship. I believe this is also why I am able to communicate to you through the parts of the body I dropped. The body is working as a catalyst for our communication due to it being affected by the hyper-nocturnal drive. What likely happened is that the body now exists in a trans-dimensional state. So even though we are now by perception a far distance away from each other, trans-dimensionally speaking the body and its parts are still very close to each other. As I have additionally theorized, the effect on the body must be powerful enough so that even though it is dismembered passing signals throughout the different parts is still possible. Wait! Transdimensionally speaking, the holes that opened up must be a transdimensional door back to the ship. Datris, you said that even though we appear to be far away from each other now, transdimensionally speaking, we are close. So... We just need to find the door from our current dimensions that leads back to the ship, right? Then we can get back. That would be my thought. Okay, so we need to find that door then. But what are we going to do when we get back to the ship? What's the plan for stopping Monroe? You stated that playing a song to the hyper-nocturnal drive caused him to be summoned. I would theorize that playing another song would also cause the hyper-nocturnal drive to banish him. I will need to think on what the song should be in order to do that. I will need to do calculations. How can the hypernocturnal drive do that, though? How can it have summoned him in the first place? The hypernocturnal drive is just a propulsion engine, not a demon summoning engine. I am not sure yet. I am currently formulating theories on how they are manipulating the drive to manifest themselves. However, I do not yet have enough data to conclude anything meaningful. Another thing. We keep getting told that we have powerful spirits, and we seem to have an easier time manipulating objects in the physical world than other spirits. Could that be due to us being killed via the hyper-nocturnal drive? That would be my theory. Given what we now know, I have no doubt that the effects from the hyper-nocturnal drive has left your non-corporeal spirits in a different state from other entities you have been seeing. Datras, you're still on the ship. When you figure out what song needs to be played, couldn't you just play it yourself? No. My medical condition limits my ability to operate the keyboard. Looks like it's on me, then. Datras, work on figuring out what the song is. We're going to try and find that door. Right. Wait. Before you leave, you will need to bring a piece of the body with you in order to continue to communicate with me. Are you serious? He's right. The body is how we're able to keep contact. We should each cut off a piece and carry it with us, so in case we get separated, we can keep talking to each other. Are you serious? I dropped a knife down with the body. You should be able to use that to cut the body up. Also, I would recommend one of you cut off the head and carry it with you. Why? When I was in the kitchen I was bitten by something. The bite caused what felt like an infection trying to take over my brain. Yeah, that was me. Sorry. Guys? It was. Why did you bite me? There was a demonic possession taking over my body. I needed to pass it off to someone else in order to get rid of it. And I figured that fighting you would do it. Are you serious? We thought if we gave you as a possession, your body would be able to absorb it without harming you due to your brain power rating. Looks like we were correct. Mati's all better now, and you weren't possessed. Holy crap, you guys really are serious, aren't you? I see. Well... This ultimately tells me that the brain plays an important role within the world we now find ourselves in. It should not be left behind on the body in case one of those demons decides to mess with it. Right. Okay. I'll do the cutting up. I've butchered things before. Here's the knife. 
Oh, Jesus. It looks like you're able to cut pretty easily. I figured it would be hard for you given that the body and the knife are from the physical world. Yeah, it's pretty easy. It must be from the body being affected transdimensionally from the hyper-nocturnal drive. The fact that it is outside of its normal dimension is likely a factor too. Ah. Here, the head's off. Tanya, take it. Oh, God. Don't freak out. I cut it so that it's still wrapped up in the blanket. You won't need to see her face or anything. Here. I even cut off some of the rope wrapped around the body for you. You can fasten the head like a necklace. Gee, thanks. Okay, here's a hand for Wolfgang with some rope too. Got it. And... There's a hand for me. Tying it around my neck, too. Okay. We're all set now. I'm 35 years old, single, dead, lost in a trans-dimensional ghost world, and I just tied a decapitated head around my neck. <sighs> Didn't see that one coming. Daytrus, have you been able to get any information on where the ship is heading? Yes. I just was able to get the information. It's difficult to tell as the coordinates are very strange. Likely due to needing to navigate on a trans-dimensional level. However, if my mathematics are correct, it would appear that the ship is traveling at an extremely accelerated rate towards Earth. On a crash course. Earth? Why would they want to crash the ship into Earth? He's a demon. He's here to disrupt the world of the living. Crashing into Earth will most likely cause some kind of effect on the physical world for humans. I have no doubt that crashing the ship while it is in its current state would have some kind of trans-dimensional effect. How long do we have? The ship is traveling at a speed I have never seen before. Something I had not thought was possible. At this rate, I would say 36 hours give or take a few hours. Alright. Well, let's go find that door. Violence is now currency for the ghosts of the Macedonia. We will be right back to the story after this word from our sponsor. Distress signal sending. Please respond. No response. 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 And now back to Hyper Nocturnal, only on Sci-Fi Radio Theater.
So how do we know what this door will look like? Well, the last one looked like a cave. Maybe it will be another cave. I would theorize that it could look like anything. The door that opened up on the ship just looks like a giant hole. Yeah. And the hole that originally led us to this dimension was a talking mouth. God, there could be anything around us. What is this dimension, anyway? We were here when we first left the ship. This is where the cave spit us out, and this is where we fell back to when we fell through the hole on the bridge. I think it's called the Central Verse. The women in a mountain dimension I was in called it that. Maybe it's special, since everything leads to it. Daytrus, what do you think? I suppose it would be theoretically sound that a certain dimension would be positioned so that it was central to the other dimensions. Perhaps the dimension you are in acts as a sort of lobby, with different doors available throughout the landscape. That's good then, right? It means we can probably find the door directly back to the ship right here. I wouldn't necessarily jump to that conclusion. Given the size and sheer amount that may exist of these trans-dimensional universes, the central dimension you are in likely does not lead to every single one. I wouldn't be surprised if you had to go through several dimensions in order to reach the door back to the ship. So how are we supposed to be able to find where we need to head, then? It's going to be like finding a needle in a haystack the size of the universe. We don't even know if we're walking in the right direction. There must be some way to figure out where we need to go. Or at least, where another door is. Perhaps. Explain to me what you are seeing. Well, it's a giant open valley, really. But the sky above is a strange, bubbling brown and black mass. And... There are all sorts of tendrils hanging down from it. The ground we are walking on is generally flat, but there are some bumps and lumps here and there. Every once in a while, we will come across what looks like a pile of rocks. The ground seems to be moving up and down lightly, too, as if the ground were breezing. And it's all sort of scaly and oily. And there is nothing around you? No! Not really. The valley stretches out in every direction. Like I said, there are rocks and things here and there, or small cliffs, but generally, everything is empty. My thought would be that if you are in an area that seems empty, then even the smallest objects in your environment need to be more carefully considered. Tell me about the rocks that are near you. Here, there's a pile right over there. Just a big pile of rocks. The rocks look like they're made out of the same scaly, oily stuff the ground is made out of. Is there any sort of entrance or opening point in the rocks? I don't see anything. Let's look around. Oh! I think I found something here. Down on the bottom, over here. There's a little hole. It's big enough for a person to crawl through. Oh yeah! There it is! I would theorize that what you are seeing is another door. If you truly are in a centrally placed dimension that other dimensions connect to, then there are likely doors all around. They will just be small. If all of these rocks and mounds are portals, then we really do have an issue on our hands. How do we figure out which one to enter? These things are everywhere. Well... I say we just start with this one. Why this one? Why not? Look, we need to get more information in order to make an informed decision on what doors lead to what dimensions. Right now, we just need to enter a bunch of the portals and see what happens. Maybe we can figure out some kind of logic or math to them. That is an excellent point, Tania. See? Even Daytross agrees with me. And he's King Smarty Pants. Alright. Let's crawl in, then. Who goes first? Oh, jeez, you boys are such pansies. I'll go. Just follow close behind in case something tries to grab me. Okay. What is happening? We just started crawling through the hole. It's all dark in here. Yeah. I can't see anything. 
I feel like we've been in this situation before with not so good consequences. Yeah, Daytras, are you sure this is a door? It seems like it just keeps going on. Yes, I am quite sure at this point. If this wasn't a portal, you would have not been able to crawl this deep into a small pile of rocks without hitting the edge yet. Good point. Is that a light ahead? Yeah, I see it. Okay, we're getting somewhere. Okay, reach the other end. Crawling out of the hole. Where are we? Mati, you know anything about this from a spirit world perspective? No idea. What are you seeing? White. It's just all white. In every direction. I'm not even sure what we're standing on. Everything is white except the hole we crawled out of, which is just sort of sitting in mid-space. Do you see any other holes? Not from where I'm standing. Let me look around a little bit. Gah! Ah! What happened? What is going on? Tanya disappeared. She just took a step and then disappeared. Tanya, can you hear us still? Through the body parts? Yeah. Yeah, I can still hear you. I can see you, I think. I'm really far away, though. Oh, yes! Look! She's way out over there! She's a tiny dot in the distance! Come on! Ah! Hey! Mati! Whoa! Did it happen again? Yes! Yeah! Me too! We all took steps, and now we all fall away from each other! Guys... Big empty spaces... I'm starting to freak out. Just stay calm, Tanya. Let's just try to get out of here. Can any of you still see the hole we entered from? Yeah! I'm going to try to head back to it. Wait! Damn it! I took a step and it happened again. Now I can't see the exit. I'm a little bit closer to Wolfgang now, though. Oh, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Tanya, just... Just hold on. I'm going to try to make my way over to you. Ah, it happened again. And again. Doing one more step. Oh, hey! It didn't happen this time. I stayed put. You didn't? Yeah, at least I think I didn't. You guys are still in the same location in relation to me. It's kind of hard to tell as everything is white. Taking another step? Damn it! It's happened again. But I'm closer to Tanya now. Yeah, I see you. Just hurry up and get over here, okay? I'm coming! Happened again. Now I'm far away from Tanya. Just just hang on. I'll take another step and see if that helps. Nope. Uh, well, maybe I'm a little closer. Damn it, Wolfgang, stop it. You keep telling me you're going to be here and then you're not here. You can't keep making me think you're going to save me and then not do it, okay? Tanya, I'm just trying to help. I know. I'm sorry. I I don't mean to be upset. I just really don't like big open spaces, you know. I'm I'm going to sit down and put my head between my legs and close my eyes for a little bit, all right? Yeah. Go ahead. Just when I'm in big open spaces. I am developing a theory. It would seem to me that you are currently in a dimension that does not follow our normal concepts of linear time. Time? But it's the distance that keeps changing. Time seems to be moving normal. You perceive that the distances are what is changing. 
However, you must understand that distance is truly just a perception of time. Distance is a measurement of space, and space is dictated by time. Every time you take a step, and appear in a different location, you are essentially traveling through time. Normally, when we physically travel we are traveling in a linear fashion however, by being in a dimension where time is non-linear, traveling distances will also work in a non-linear fashion. So how do we figure out how to travel through here in a normal way? I am currently creating calculations to solve that issue. Wolfgang, you said that you were able to take a normal linear step at one point, correct? Yeah, that's right. But if it's just one, Tanya was facing a northeast from my current location at the time, I suppose. I was able to take a single step without jumping. Fascinating. Hold still where you are. I am going to attempt to calculate a potential solution for you to move linearly. Yeah, okay. How are you holding up, Tanya? Not so good. Well, just stay put. We'll get over to you soon. Yeah, unless Daytrust gets eaten by a monster, then we're all screwed. Why? Why? Why would you say that? Why would you say that to me? Can't you see I'm already upset? Alright, alright, I'm sorry. I was just joking. Just calm down. No, don't tell me to calm down. You're right. We're trapped here, aren't we? We are getting out. Jesus Christ, we're never getting out. He's never going to find out how to help us. Jesus Christ! Jesus Christ! Tanya! No, no, no. Help me! Help me! Somebody help me! Ah! Oh, please, God, somebody help me! I'm all alone! Somebody please help me! Ah! Hey, hey, calm down! Tanya, I am still alive. You do not need to be upset. I am working on a solution right now. Tanya, you're having a panic attack. Just put your head back between your legs and close your eyes. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Jesus Christ, we're really having to deal with this? Leave her alone. Fine. Detras, how much longer? I am still making calculations. I need more time. Wolfgang. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm disappointing you and letting you down. You're not letting me down. Or disappointing me, Tanya. Just be still. Relax. I am. I am, and I'm, I'm sorry. I should be stronger than this. I'm just really scared of open spaces. And I'm sorry. You know, you're not special. Or weird because you're scared of things. I used to be scared of stuff too. I was scared of the dark. This is different. I'm not a kid anymore. I wasn't a kid either. Well, at least not a little kid. I was 16. And I was still really scared of the dark. I hated being outside at nighttime. Or being in a room with no lights on. I even still slept with a nightlight. But you can get over that stuff, you know? Being afraid of things and stuff. I did. And you're way braver than me. How did you get over it? My grandfather helped me. 
I remember him coming to visit us once. He didn't know I was still afraid of the dark, but he passed by my bedroom one night when I was sleeping and saw that I had the nightlight on. And, uh, you know, he wasn't a stupid guy. He understood why. But I guess he thought that wasn't an acceptable thing to be afraid of at my age. So he walked in and turned the nightlight off. When he did it, I immediately woke up and I was all freaked out. I asked him why he turned it off. And he responded that it was because I didn't need it anymore. I then, very emphatically, told him that I did because I was scared. But he wouldn't let me turn it back on. Instead, he pulled up a chair to the side of my bed and told me something. He said that I didn't ever need to be afraid of the dark because there was more to me than just the surface for the light to reflect off of. He told me that the reason I was scared of the dark was because I felt like I would disappear if there wasn't any light present to let me know I existed. He then said that if I ever felt scared of the dark again, I just needed to repeat some words to remind myself that I was still real. He then had me repeat them after him. Let me see if I can tell them to you. They are... Sorry, I have to translate them into English. But it basically goes something like, You judge my existence on reflections. But you are wrong to think of my being as small enough to vanish in the crowd of dark. For I am a mind, and my thoughts are my shield and sword, and the powerful armaments they make. That's really nice. Yeah, I thought so too. So, now whenever I'm feeling freaked out or overwhelmed, I just say that to myself, and I don't feel freaked out anymore. Okay. Anything, Datros? Not yet. It's a tricky thing to figure out as you have nothing to really reference in terms of space and time in the dimension. If there was something else there I could probably solve this right now. A rock on the ground you could see, or something perhaps. Well, there's nothing like that anywhere around. Just white, and dust three. I understand. I will continue to calculate trying to use your reference to each other as the consistent for right now. Just don't move. Got it. Hey, what's that? I don't know. Some clicking noise. It just came out of nowhere. Great. I wonder what that means. It's pretty annoying. Great. Now not only are we trapped here, but we're going to be getting annoyed to death by disembodied clicking noises. Hey, there we go. Making a joke. That's the Tanya I know. <laughs> I have my moments. Any idea what the clicking may be, Depros? I have no idea. I would tell you to go investigate. However, given your current situation, I would say just stay put. Continue to monitor the noise, though. If we can discern where it's coming from, it may be helpful in my calculations. Okay. story after this word from our sponsor.
Cat Butt Shaving Cream from the Cuddle Puss Shaving Company is the number one veterinarian recommended shaving cream for shaving your cat's butt. Simply spray the paste in your hand and then rub liberally on your feline's tender anus and you're ready to go. A kitten Brazilian in no time. That's the Cat Butt Shaving Cream from the Cuddle Puss Shaving Company. Available at your local notary. And now back to Hyper Nocturnal, only on Sci-Fi Radio Theater. Jesus Christ, it feels like I'm getting Chinese water torture with that noise. Tell me about it. How are you holding up, Tanya? I'm alright. Just keeping my eyes closed and my head down still. I actually don't mind the noise so much. It's kind of helping me. It sort of reminds me that there's something out there. Okay. Hey. Hell of an afterlife, huh? Tell me about it. What did you think the afterlife was going to be like? Uh, I guess... I don't know what I thought. I never really thought about it. Well, at least not really. Wow. That surprises me. Why? It just seems like most humans have some thought as to what happens after you die. I don't know if you noticed. But I'm not like most other humans. Ha! <laughs> but no, I guess I just never really thought about it. Like I said before, being alive was my whole thing. I was mostly just concerned with that, as opposed to being concerned with being dead. Religion was just something I never had. My family wasn't religious, so we never learned about it. I don't know. It just wasn't a thing for me. Now that I'm here, though, I suppose it may have been helpful for me to learn some things when I was alive. Fascinating. It's not even that you're an atheist, then. You just... have nothing. Yeah, pretty much. Did you ever feel like you were missing something by not having a defined thing you believe in? No, not really. A lot of people asked me that when I was alive, but... I guess I just don't believe it's true that you need a belief system to feel complete. Since I never had one, I never knew it was something I was supposed to be feeling like I was missing. A lot of people have a lot of beliefs on what is real or not. It's just a game I refuse to play in. How about you? Oh. I was a hardcore atheist. Being a man of science and all, it seemed like the most logical conclusion for all of this. Guess I was wrong, though. How about you, Marty? I suppose you always believed in an afterlife. But what did you think it would be like? A lot different. Yeah, but like how? I imagine you thought you would be going to heaven and everything when you died, huh? Something like that. How about you, Daytrust? I know you are a scientist, but did you ever believe in heaven and an afterlife? I don't know if belief is the correct word. As you said, I am a scientist. I only believe in logic and evidence. However, based on what I've seen with the projects I have worked on, I always felt that there may be worlds beyond what I was able to perceive. I never thought of this as a religious belief, though. I always felt it was very much scientifically based. I suppose you could say that I believed in an afterlife as long as it pleased the laws of physics. As for heaven, I don't suppose I ever believed in something quite as blatant and literal as that. However, I do believe in choices. 
throughout the world I constantly see situations where people have the free will to make choices that will either lead their lives to a point of joy or a point of despair. The same is true for particles in physics. Particles either combine and create something substantially physical, or they never combine with other particles and just drift through space never being more than a single point in the universe. It always seemed to me to be so random as to which particles combined and which didn't. Almost like an act of free will. I used to like to think that this ability to freely choose your own path would be no different when you died. There are a lot of stories from people who have come close to death that have claimed to see a door of light open before them. The ones who came close to death but came back said that they were frightened by what may be through the door of light, so they ran away from it. My assumption on this then is that the people who came close to death and then did die made the choice to actually walk through that door. Whether the door leads to something good or bad I don't know. But I feel like it's our choice at the end of our lives whether we are going to face up and walk through that door or to run away from it. And that's speaking from a strictly scientific perspective, of course. Well, that being stated, given what we now know that thought of mine may need to be revised, though. Particularly in light of recent theories I have developed on the hypernocturnal drive. The hypernocturnal drive? How does that tie into thoughts on the afterlife? Guys, the clicks. It's a rhythm. What? Listen. Da 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 da. Da 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 da. You hear that? It's a click track. I was listening to it while you were talking. I recognized that the clicks were in a pattern. It's like the rhythm part of a song. You're right. It is. I hear it. Yeah, me too. So what does that mean then? Daytrust. You said that the issue with this dimension was that time was all different? Yes, I did. I see where you are going with this. Repeat what the rhythm is. Da-da-da-da. Da-da-da-da. Okay, give me a moment. What the hell are you two talking about? The issue with time in this dimension. It's not that time is all messed up here. It's that time happens in a tempo. We have to move to the tempo in order to get through the dimension. Wolfgang. When you took that one step and didn't jump distance, you must have inadvertently stepped within time to the tempo. It must be that when we step out of time, it causes the jumps to happen. I get it! But how do we know that the clicks we are hearing are the correct tempo? We don't know where the clicks are coming from, after all. They could be coming from another demon or, or spirit trying to trick us. Well, it's all we have to go on at this point. And it's better than continuing to sit still. Tadia, I have performed the calculations. If you are correct in that the clicks are demonstrating the tempo of the flow of time within the dimension, then I believe if you step in this pattern to the tempo, you will be able to avoid the unwanted jumps. The pattern is step forward, step to the right, step forward, step to the left, step forward. Okay, I'm going to try it. Here we go. Forward, right, forward, left, forward. Hey, it worked. I didn't jump. I'm going to try now. Forward, right, forward, left, forward. Yes, it worked. Okay, so we can move forward. But we are still really far away from each other. Try adding an additional step left. Step forward. Step right at the end. See if that propels you significantly forward in the direction you are facing. Okay, Tanya, I'm heading towards you. Forward, right, forward, left, forward, left, forward, right. Ah, I jumped! I'm right here! Yes! Wolfgang, Mati is standing right next to me now! Okay, I'm coming over too. Forward, right, forward, left, forward, left, forward, right. Ah, hello! I made it! Yes! It worked! Detross! We're all standing next to each other again. Excellent. 
So now that we know how to traverse through this dimension, we need to find an exit. Datras, any idea where a door might be? I'm sorry, I do not. Can you tell what direction the clicks are coming from? Perhaps head in that direction. You sure that's a good idea? Like I said before, it's not like we have any other leads here. Hmm. Sounds to me like... the clicks are coming from over there. Yeah, I would agree. Alright, everyone walking together now. One, two, three. Forward, right. Forward, left. Forward, left. Forward, right. Okay, I think we may have jumped ahead again. It's a little hard to tell, though, because everything is all white. I think you're right that we did, though. The clicks are louder now. Come on, do it again. Forward, right. Forward, left. Forward, left. Forward, right. It's even louder now. Keep doing it. Forward, right. Forward, left. Forward, left. Forward, right. Look! I see something now. In the near distance. It looks like another black hole. Like the one we crawled through to get here in the first place. Forward, right. Forward, left. Forward, left. Forward, right. We're here. Come on. Crawl through. Tanya, you go first. You're damn right I'm going first. Okay, I'm heading in two. Right behind you! out of that dimension. And they told me that going to music school is never going to get me anywhere in life. No more fight. No more fight. I'm out. I'm out too. Okay. I just took a step and nothing happened. No weird jumping distances. I think we are okay. At least on a space-time level. Have you returned to the central dimension? Um, no. No, we're somewhere else. What do you see? It's nighttime here. And rocky. We are on some kind of black volcanic rock pathway. It's stretching out in front of us. The sky is all starry. And there are a few planets very close by to... whatever we're standing on. You can see them very clearly in the sky. They're huge. One is purple with a ring around it. That one is the closest. One is blue and is a little farther back and to the far left of the purple planet. There is also a red planet, which is a ways off but still very visible. On the landscape we are standing on, there is what looks like a flowing volcano to the right of us far off in the distance. To the left of us is a sharp drop-off, like a big ledge. I'm going to go see what's over the edge of the ledge. Whoa! What? What is it? Oh, Jesus Christ. Walking away. Not looking at that. What is it? Wow. Are you going to tell me what you are seeing, or are you going to continue making vague noises? It's... uh... uh... I don't know how to explain it. It's enormous, though. Even I'm getting a dizzy feeling just looking at the sheer size of it. It's some kind of mass. It's black, but there's what looks like dark purple popping in here and there. 
It's waving, too, like a blanket slowly rolling in the wind. But it's huge. It's... Yeah, it's really big. Really, really big. I'm getting freaked out looking at it, too. It's just like... Everything. This ledge is huge and drops way, way down. And this waving black mass is just there at the bottom. But it stretches out. It starts at the edge of the ledge, and then it stretches out in every direction and straight ahead. It just stretches out until it connects to the horizon. What is it? It is... the Black Curtain. Huh? What? Who said that? Oh, jeez. What you are witnessing is the Black Curtain. The Great Singularity. The point beyond the body and dimensions of the Great Beast. What is going on? It's Humbaba. He's here. He's laying on the ground near us on the ledge. That was episode 4 of Hyper Nocturnal. Tune in next week for episode 5, The Song of the Infinite. This week's episode was written and produced by Charles Davis. It starred Georgia Seacrest as Tanya Belaronovich, Jonathan Tompkins as Wolfgang Thaler, Charles Davis as Matian Nnn, and Seth Bender as Humbaba. Before you leave for the evening, we would like to deliver you a final word from one of our sponsors. Introducing the Booby Catcher, a brand new technology from Mr. Washer Industries. Now you can prevent your child from witnessing horrible, psychologically damaging nudity on TV by plugging in the Booby Catcher and dialing it to Margaret Thatcher. No longer will your children's gentle minds be touched by the unclean. That's Mr. Watcher Industries' Booby Catcher. You've been listening to Sci-Fi Radio Theater. You can catch our latest radio play podcasts on iTunes, Zune, SoundCloud, and on www.scifiradiotheater.com. Make sure to leave us a review if you like what you heard. New episodes are uploaded on Sundays. You can send us your feedback by tweeting us at SF Radio Theater or by emailing us at Sci-Fi Radio Theater at gmail.com. Have you ever experienced uncontrollable bouts of geekdom? If so, the Anomaly podcast may be right for you. In clinical studies, Anomaly's interviews, convention reports, commentary on geek culture, games, sci-fi and fantasy television, literature, and film provided a feeling of fullness while promoting health for optimal geekiness. The Anomaly podcast is not suitable for all people. Only geekily active cool chicks with a healthy sense of humor should listen. Geekily active cool guys should listen, too. Anomaly has resulted in sudden fits of squee. Broad smiles may appear without warning and could become permanent. The most common side effects of Anomaly are unconsciously joining in the Gamma Quadrant golf clap, out loud, at work, to the amusement of co-workers, and attempting to interject opinions aloud to hosts who can't hear the listener. But in all cases, the benefits outweigh the risks. Ask your anomaly if you're healthy enough for entertainment of this caliber. You don't need a doctor's messy handwriting to obtain a free subscription. Anomaly is available over-the-counter at Stitcher Radio and in the iTunes, Zune, and BlackBerry stores. You can also stream episodes of Anomaly and Anomaly Supplemental at AnomalyPodcast.com. That's A-N-O-M-A-L-Y Podcast.com. Just one one-hour episode provides 24 hours of relief and never leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Music by JewelBeat.com.